Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. And the big news today is that we actually have Marvel stuff. So, yay! Content is back. Yeah. It's so it's like our uh like this is going to be one of like 200 straight episodes, right? Or what's the schedule look like? Something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there'll never not be new Marvel stuff again, so... You're stuck with us for the rest of the time. Just off the top, how excited were you guys, like, when you heard the Marvel fanfare at the beginning of WandaVision? I applauded at 2 a.m. in my house. I applauded. I turned up the surround sound stuff. Everyone was saying that they missed, they made a missed movie theaters and stuff, but I didn't have that mindset. I was just excited for the damn... And they have a new one. They added stuff to it. Yeah, no, that was super exciting. I think, yeah. I mean, and without, I got up at 4 a.m. to watch, and it was just exciting to have new content. Now, my daughter was asking, I saw it too, did they, like, kind of put, like, dead characters and, like, were they colored differently in that fanfare, or was that just us? Like, I fe- we felt like some of the gone characters were different, like, saturation levels. I did not know. The only one that stood out to me was the uh, Quantum Realm leap jump thing because it was this weird color. It was like stood out as like blue or indigo or, or something like that. That's the only new shot I even realized. Now that I say it, I'm not even sure if that's a new shot or not. Someone on Reddit will tell. All right. Uh, so we actually have lots of news as well. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, this week, the trades reported that Chris Evans is going to come back for another MCU project. Now, as soon as that came out, Chris Evans tweeted that it was news to him, which, I don't know, we've had so many actors, like, play coy on this stuff that I don't know if that means anything. Uh, Rhiannon, are you interested in seeing Chris Evans again, or is do they need to give him a break? I, I will never oppose more Chris Evans. Never, ever. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I would love to see more of him. I mean, if we're going to continue to see, see, this is my fear with this phase four plan where we're continuing to see like some of these B characters played out or what were previously like backup characters or not yet featured characters, you know, if we're going to keep seeing them, I'm going to miss some of these leads that we've known and, lo- and I know we're getting more Thor, but you know, I-, I feel like we would just miss them. So even if it's just like, he's going to pop in and have, um, you know, a few scenes in a couple places, it'll be really nice. And that would, I think help with the continuity, even if it's old man Rogers, you know, like, like the old Steve Rogers, like, I don't know. I didn't get the impression that he was dead at the end of Endgame. Did you guys, did you guys think he was like dying dead? Like we're supposed to just assume he's gone? Well, I mean, hell, he doesn't have that much time left. He probably shouldn't be going to the supermarket in 2020, <laughs> I mean. You don't think the super soldier serum would beat COVID? Uh, uh, I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> we had a, a health official here who was like doing an update for our state on COVID and he, he was really funny. I thought he was kind of like a stand-up comedian. And he was like, listen, our older folks, you want to be careful. You want to not go out too much. Like, my dad, he's pretty healthy, but don't get me wrong. He doesn't buy green bananas. And I thought that was really funny. It's like, Steve Rogers doesn't buy green bananas. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean... I, I didn't get the feeling that he was dead. So, I mean, even if it is just... And, and even... I mean, my understanding was Chris Evans was sort of tired of the role because of the level of shape he had to be in. And I don't think Old Man Rogers needs all those muscles and everything. So even if they do have him just, like, there as somebody for, um, you know, for Bucky to lean on occasionally or, you know, for some of these characters to go to for a chit-chat, I would, I, I'd be in for it. Give me just a little bit of Steve Rogers. I'm down. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know. So you have, I think it was Charles, right? Charles Murphy reported that uh, Marvel Studios had trademarked Marvel Studios Nomad. Uh, But it was pretty clear that this probably isn't a solo cap title or something. 
um, which throws all my ideas out the window. I thought it might be like the alternate timeline cap we saw in uh, the America's Ass cap. Um, what movie? Endgame. Um, but it seems like it's a supporting role, so maybe like Secret Invasion? Or... I don't know, people, you know, um, speculate it could be about him delivering the Infinity Stones, but then again, that's that's the thing, so... Um, yeah, it's not... Uh, that's the thing, man. Like, Marvel Studios can offer any sort of money to any actor, they're going to come back. RDJ could come back at some point. He probably will, eventually. Um, especially with Ironheart and stuff. I mean, I would place money that he's at least back with, like, a holographic form, like the comics, right? Either in Ironheart or Armor Wars. I think my big thing is, I just don't want to see... I feel like they wrote endings to some of these characters so well, particularly Iron Man and Cap. I just don't want to see those endings undone in some way, shape, or form. Like, if this is Cap as an... If this is Old Man Steve Rogers as, like, a, a guide for somebody, totally cool with that. If it's, like, a prequel, like, uh, some people have been just, like, wishing for a World War II movie with Cap and uh, Wolverine in World War II together. Yeah, like, I'm totally okay with that. And I think the idea of him returning the Infinity Stones is, like, a multiversal-type adventure. I think that's fun. And I think the Nomad title actually could work with that. That's not what Nomad is historically. But this idea that he's, like, a nomad through time in space, I think, would be fun. Any of that stuff I'm cool with because it just adds to the depth of the story. I just don't want one where they're like, oh, Steve, we've got this new problem. Let's give you a new serum and then make you young again. And Because they've did that, done that in the comics, it feels like a million times. Where Steve got old and then he got young again. He lost his powers. He got him back. I just don't want to see them undo the good storytelling they've done thus far. Right, and that's why like the alternate timeline cap would be... Uh... A decent one to go with, so you're you're he's young, young and not old. I mean, but also, and I realize this is completely contradictory to what I just said. Like, they do have so many new stories to tell. If they were to go back and do like Steve delivering the Infinity Stones, I to me just move on. You know, like I mean, as much like. I will watch it. I will enjoy it. Like I said, I want all of the... I, I love Chris Evans. Um, I, I I feel that Marvel as a universe has so many more stories to tell that they don't need to go back and be telling stuff like that. Unless it is, like you said, the Wolverine thing in World War II. Like if there's something like that to introduce new characters and make it feel like they've been in the universe this whole time. Sure. But yeah. I, don't... I was with you there. I... Because that's the way I felt about the Loki show. Yeah. And then I saw the Loki trailer and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is space <laughs> to see these people again. But that Loki show, I mean, what we've seen so far of Loki, it is moving forward. It is showing us the TVA and it is taking us to a new thing. And that's what I'm saying. Like going back and having him and Wolverine to do something like that to me would have a lot of value him going back and delivering the infinity stones i just right now right this moment could not get excited about that though i mean we've seen we've been doing this podcast how many years like we've seen me develop excitement all right moon knight did a bunch of casting this week uh ethan hawk has been brought on as the main villain and then may calamal calamity i don't know if it's calamity or if it's something else there is a W that is placed very oddly in that name for my understanding and pronunciation. But anyway, she's joined as well. Um, Adam, I think the big news is Ethan Hawke, and we're told mm-hmm. that he will be a villain. Uh, do mm-hmm. you have thoughts? The lead... So there's multiple things. They said the lead villain, so there's multiple villains. Um, uh, he's certainly not a Bushman, right? Uh, we can uh, probably rule that one out. Unless they're totally changing that character, Ethan Hawke does not in any way resemble what I would think a Bushman would be, no. So the lead villain, yeah. Um, I'm assuming Werewolf by Night. That's just my assumption. But he could be anyone. He's probably like some board member on the committee 
or whatever the hell that group's called in Moon Knight Volume 1, I think it's the committee, right? Um, like I said, man, money talks. Ethan off with talking superhero movies two years ago, right? Was it two years ago? It might have been last year, 2019. 2019 was two years ago. Man. Um, but no, he said, well, what did he say? I, I don't have the exact quote. Logan is a good superhero movie. Whatever he said, compared said Logan was essentially not a, a film, but rather a movie. Um, I don't know the difference between the two. Someone, someone can tell me um, at some point. I would guess Scorsese directs films. Wow. I feel like we have a podcast rant where we like mock Ethan Hunt or Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hawke somewhere. Like in the last year, couple of years, that we've done this. I'm sure there is. There's audio of us being like, oh, geez, congratulations, Mr. Training Day, you know. <laughs> but man, once, once the, uh, once, you know, you have someone like Disney that opens up the checkbook, who's, who's going to say no? How many people have ever told Marvel no? At least now that they know that Marvel continually makes billion dollar movies. Um, well, I think, I think you then you're getting into your people that see them as movies and not films. So maybe this does mean that Marvel is doing something in the behind the scenes of these upcoming properties to make them seem like more artistic endeavors. It's a Disney plus show. Like they've convinced a guy who was mocking comic book movies to now sign up for a comic book TV show on Disney plus that stars a character he's almost certainly never heard of. <laughs> right. But it could be also, I mean, if you have someone like Dracula, I mean, there's a there's speculation Moon Knight's tied into Blade, so he could also be in Blade as well. I don't think he'd be the lead villain in Moon Knight and Blade. Uh, but either way, he's going to have a massive payday. And I mean, we've seen, we've seen it with Taika Waititi. We've seen it with Chloe Zhao. We've seen it with... Pretty much any director Marvel hires now, you know, is these indie art house type. I mean, Nomadland's probably going to sweep the Oscars, right? Even if is it, a, it's it's got to be eligible, even though it's on Hulu. Um, yeah, because I think Cherry's eligible, and that's going to be on Apple TV. So I don't know. The times are changing. I mean, who else? Who? What other? Because, I mean, we're talking, I mean, Ethan Hawke's been like an A-lister for 30 years, right? Seriously, when I heard his name, the first thought in my head was, ooh, Reality Bites, which was 1994. And I was about to say, I probably haven't watched since 1995, but. I don't, I don't get the deal with Ethan Hawke. Like, he, what, what is, he's not about nothing in the last decade that anyone cares about i don't know why people first are so performed was excellent i love first performed you'd probably like first performed i guess so i've he never does, heard of he it does, <laughs> he does the yeah, he's been doing the super small R. I mean he has four oscar nominations so it's not like he's a, a nobody by any stretch of the magic but what other a like big time they've landed christian bale they've landed glenn close they've landed Kate blanchett they've landed sorts of people who else? leo is leo like the only one that they have left the land who else i mean tom hardy's doing a big one on that list would be either tom hanks or denzel washington like those are like big time actors that have not done something for them yet but they're not going to be leads they're in the older i mean there would be a very specific role for them at their maybe i mean age. they're as old as michael keaton right I don't know. Um, when I look at Ethan Hawke, everything about him says his name should be Chris. And he fits in well with the Chris aesthetic that Marvel has gone with. Um, and I believe that's what he brings, is the Chris aesthetic. See, I was... I uh, I saw the, the THR report popped up in my feed. And I would have sworn, like, the image they used was of Josh Brolin. He looks a lot like Brolin. I like Josh Brolin with the goatees and stuff. That that rings true, too. And he's around the same age and everything as Brolin. Same, same sort of background. Um, 
I was all about Brolin in 1994, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was on the Brolin train before you guys ever heard of him. Um, but that would be interesting if... I mean, are there any Thanos-related characters that it, he could be coming in that looking like Thanos would be important? I mean, Thanos has a son named Thane, but I don't... I don't think that would fit Moon Knight at all. <laughs> it would not. It'd be awesome. I'd love to see Thane as Moon Knight. I'm not sure those two characters have ever interacted. So I, I'm interested, Adam. It seems like you're pretty feeling pretty confident that they're going to directly connect Moon Knight and Blade and kind of go like the horror MCU like scary side for Moon Knight that that's because to me Moon Knight can go a couple ways right like he doesn't I've, I've read Moon Knight comics that really aren't in that vein and then some that it is more like a Midnight Suns kind of thing yeah part of it's irrational wants and you know personal needs and stuff like that but I, I think it makes sense I mean um just all the signs we've pointed like all the signs we've got you know look at Guardians and stuff, eventually they're going to start branching out and doing Guardian stuff, maybe. I mean, we're seeing that a little bit with the Groot show and the Christmas special. But um, Murphy's Multiverse also says there's a Ghost Rider in development, um, whether it's a series or or a movie. Um, There's Blade, there's Moon Knight. Um, I would guess we're doing Midnight Suns at some point or another. I don't know why. Um, but I mean, look at, look at WandaVision. Now, WandaVision and Doctor Strange are, um, still tied into one another and their timeline or release, release frames, probably the same, um, Moon Knight and Blades is going to be, because what, Moon Knight's probably summer 2022 and Blades either that October date or 2023 probably. Um, so it's still about the same release window of sorts i forgot when doc it's doctor strange next february or when's doctor strange next march next march um so i don't i mean part of me part of it's just um my desire to see midnight suns man i would love to see moon knight and also bloodstone and blade and ghost rider um r.i.p damon hellstrom um, you know, fight, fight like Mephisto or Blackheart or any, anyone like that, you know? Uh, but I mean, there's been speculation. There's been scoopage that, that they tie in together. So I don't know, man. To me, Ethan Hawke just seems like a werewolf. He looks kind of like werewolfy, you know? If I had to choose like some monster or villain, you know, you look at Ethan Hawke and it's like, oh, he's definitely a werewolf. Um, so that's where the Jack Russell things come by and then... I don't know, Jack's a pretty young fella, um, so I don't know. I mean, he could, like I said, he could be playing like this boardroom-type committee member. Um, I don't know. I think you have hit on something that's interesting, though, that we're starting to see these shows cluster a little bit. Like, we have, like, our multiversal cluster that's, like, WandaVision and Loki and Spidey 3 and Doctor Strange 2... And then you've got kind of like more the down-to-earth kind of real-life hero type stuff like Falcon and Winter Soldier and Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye. And then you've got like Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and Secret Invasion that kind of is another little cluster. And then assuming Armor Wars and Ironheart is like the Iron Man kind of, you know, like it does seem that these things, and for that matter, Thor... Uh, Love and Thunder and Guardians 3 are going to be kind of related because of their casts. Like, we talked, I think, years ago about at some point more than phases, it's going to be about like sort of subdivisions within the universe. And I do think that they're developing shows that are specifically clustered with movies to be sort of like mini arcs within the wider universe. Absolutely. I mean, by, you know, by 2030 or whatever. No, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Defenders back. I mean, they're going to have these mini-events. We're already seeing it with Secret Invasion a little bit, you know. So it's, it's going to be a mini-event in and of itself because it's, I mean, it's not the Nick Fury show, right? It's a Nick Fury show, and it has Talos, and it's going to have all sorts of other people in it. 
Um, but Oscar Isaac's going to be in movies, man. <laughs> you know, he, he's going to be in movies and he's probably going to be in Blade. I think it just makes makes a little sense. I mean, we already saw with, um, like you said, Captain Marvel 2 with uh, both Miss Marvel and Monica Rambeau. You know, the days of solo superhero movies are over. At least for Marvel Studios, the days of having Iron Man and Pepper Potts and Happy and a bunch of other supporting characters, you know, the Phil Coulson's of the world, those are over. I mean, every movie going forward is probably going to be Civil War light at the at the least. Well, and Feige said that very explicitly. He asked why they're making a Miss Marvel show. And his response was, well, we really wanted to, to get into the back characters and her family and her friends as if, like, the movies aren't going to have space to do that kind of stuff. And so that's why we had to give her a show. I was just going to say, I mean, we talked about this the last time we got together, I think, about the whole character driven and plot. I mean, you could make Endgame five hours, but you're not going to, you know, have super major character development with 20 plus characters, you know, and you can't get that with, with any movie. So it's uh, it's interesting to see what they're doing with this stuff. Yeah. You mentioned a couple things that we probably should get to in news. Uh, you said the def- mentioned the Defenders. So this week we got two big things. Rhiannon, I'm, of course, interested in your feelings. Uh, one is, is, I believe Screen Rant, or not Screen Rant, uh, Comic Book is reporting that uh, Charlie Cox has already shot his Spider-Man 3 scenes. And then there was a rumor from, I think, Daniel RPK that Jessica Jones' Kristen Ritter is coming back for She-Hulk. Are these positive developments in your mind, Rhiannon? Do you believe them, or are you still skeptical? So I was probably the biggest skeptic of the uh, Charlie Has Already Filmed rumor, um, until I talked to somebody at Comic Book that said that, you know, the person reporting this is is pretty legit. Um, or, or, I don't know. I mean, I just sort of feel... So he, I mentioned this back when we were talking about the initial Spider-Man rumors, that Charlie, definitely in December, Charlie was in uh, Ireland filming a TV show. And he had a massive beard. I mean, we're not talking what Adam's sporting right now. We're not talking like, we are talking full on hillbilly mountain man Right, like living in a cabin, sending letters to people, kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> Unibomber. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like... like Charlie the Unibomber. Like, um... So, I mean, not something they could Henry Cavill out, uh, you know, if he popped him for a cameo. So, um... I haven't seen any pictures or anything that that show that he was filming. Yeah. We don't know how much of it he's in or whatever. They had two blocks of filming. They had a filming that ended in mid December and then they just started a new block of filming. Um, My assumption was that he was in the whole thing and he would still be in Ireland right now, but it's possible that mid December came back to the States, did his quarantine and has filmed and just nobody has gotten a picture um, or anything. But I, I will, be way more likely to believe this rumor when I see some sort of picture of Charlie Cox sans beard. Um, yeah. To... Does the, does the U.S. have quarantine? Yes. Stuff in place. Do Especially it? like UK, that strange variant started hitting right before Christmas. Um, but I think even if the U.S. doesn't like, I mean, I I think Marvel does. I think the Screen Actors Guild does. Um, I remember Tom Holland had to quarantine before he started filming Spider Man Three. He, he came over and had to do a quarantine period. So I, I think um, there's some sort of quarantine period. It may not be the full two weeks. It might have been 10 days in a negative test or whatever. Um, so that was like my main reason for doubting it. But it seems to really keep getting reported and stuff. And I I want to believe it. Um, I, I I want it to be true. So I'm going to uh, just stay hopeful. Well, and I think, too, I've mentioned this before, and this is just my personal hobby horse. Like, it, it is weird to me that he'd make it all the way to Atlanta and nobody would notice. But 
again, if he went over to London and just shot it with Sam Raimi and the Doctor Strange 2 team, like, that would be so much easier for him to do and nobody notice, you know? And also, I think the paparazzi would be far likely to, less far less likely to recognize him with his mountain man beard. I mean... Oh, I mean, we're... Look at Benedict Cumberbatch. He filmed Spider-Man 3 and nobody knew either. Yeah, I think there's far less people in the airports and everything these days. Um, uh, I think, it's- and plus the fact those two are known for not having social media, mm-hmm. um, that certainly helps when you're not posting Instagram stories that are geotagged, saying "On my way to Atlanta," like most people do, and subsequently get in trouble for. Yep. Quickly, any, either of you have any feelings about Kristen Ritter back as Jessica Jones? I love the idea of her being in She-Hulk. I love the idea. Uh, I mean, I think that's the crossover in She-Hulk that is far more likely because somebody that frequently needs an attorney rather than another attorney. Um, I think it could tie in well if there is, you know, Matt Murdock over in Spider-Man. You know, I, I think it would be an interesting tie-in to see if this Jessica Jones and this Matt Murdock know each other and know of each other. Uh, to see how much they're tying in with that old universe. Um, I don't know how vocal about it I've been. I would not have been upset if Jessica Jones was recasted, but I realize I am in a very small minority in that opinion, and I very much like Kristen Ritter. It's not that I don't like her. I just don't love her as Jessica Jones. Um, So I wouldn't have been upset if she was recast, but I'm not upset if she's still in it. Yeah, I think um, I really would like to see them just soft reboot this so that like, I I think the best way for them to do this is to make it completely not important if you've seen Netflix shows, but completely okay if you want to make them headcanon in your mind. I really felt like they did this way back with Incredible Hulk and the Edward Norton version of that character. You can watch Incredible Hulk And if you want to make the Eric Bana Hulk movie from like 2004 or whatever, if you want to make that canon in your brain, you can totally do so. And there's nothing that like explicitly stops that from happening, but they also don't lean on it in any way. And I just think that's really the way to go with Charlie and um, Kristen. It's just, you know, make it so that if people want to fill that headcanon in, they can. And if they don't, they don't have to. And we'll just move on. Agreed. Yeah. that's. I think that's the only way to do it. Like you said, man, soft reboot it. Bring back the actors you want and don't mention any of it. You know, and if, if you want to think it happened, it happened. Because there's so much, uh, especially with Daredevil. You know how many how much stuff they can do with Daredevil that wasn't even in? his show so much stuff they could do with him and yet the few message boards i've been looking at they're all just like he'll get a better costume which goes back to my right. rant and our well that's our probably guaranteed yeah i mean yes he can get a better costume but i like that is like the lowest of things i would be excited about let's just get him back you just want him back for sure for sure and then baby steps from It's there. really funny because when I saw that they'd already filmed it, the first thing that came to my mind is, oh, good, we'll give him a Kevin Feige-designed costume for once. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and that's what I mean. Like, I saw some people saying, well, obviously he's just going to be a lawyer because that didn't give anywhere near enough time for them to come up with a Feige-designed costume. Which, I mean, they could have taken him in and done body measurements in August when supposedly this deal happened, if that's the case. But. You know, it would be amazing being able to go through, like, Andy Park's office, like the visual development stuff, and seeing all the stuff they have on their walls. They probably have so much stuff already painted and drawn up, and there's a Daredevil one out there somewhere. And I will not be complaining if they change him to, like, a red spandex <laughs> costume. Yeah, anything but the just leather for the, suit. Just for right? the record, right, right. I mean, like, but I, one, I don't think they're going to do that. And two, I didn't hate the uh, Netflix suit. So. 
All right, we've got a totally different kind of story here. Uh, we got a rumor this week, and I think it came from Andy Senor, who is the guy who started um, Screen Junkies and then turned out to be a creep and got fired, right? Yes, that is exactly Okay, it is. so it's a rumor, and I would think he knows what he's talking about, but also apparently he's a creep. So since we've given all of that as a preface... Um, He's saying that Black Panther 2, that they have started to sketch out the plot, and uh, if you're really, if you think that what Andy thinks might happen is a spoiler, stop listening. Uh, but the big scope of the thing, which I think would be in the trailer, is that uh, Black Panther 2 will see uh, somebody in a suit being T'Challa, and somehow will explain how he passes. Shuri then is going to become the Black Panther, and then it is going to be a war with Atlantis, but the whole time in the background, Doctor Doom is pulling the strings, which sounds awesome, but also sounds like the most fanfic possible kind of plot for Black Panther Two, like to bring in Namor and Doctor Doom and uh, Shuri all at the same time. Uh, Adam, do you think these rumors are true? And uh... We talk, I think we've talked about this plenty of times before. It's something everyone wants. It's something... Um, oh, the comics does it all. The comics can't but help thrust Wakanda into this perpetual state of war. I mean, right now, the current Black Panther run, it's, you know, Wakanda versus space. I wouldn't be surprised if we got Doom. And if we got, um, Namor, we're most certainly getting Namor in Black Panther 2. I'm fairly confident we're getting Namor in Black Panther 2. I am a little bit concerned, though, um, since I think Feige has said that Ryan Coogler is still working on the script. So I don't know, you know, what that happens. I mean, you know, especially with all the... The, with the Bozeman news and all that stuff, I mean, it it is kind of a natural, organic way to have an uprising of something, right? Because uh, Wakanda is freshly revealed in the MCU. Well, by now it's been public for five years, six years, right? Um, but they've Wakanda was also the site of Thanos' invasion, so someone's probably going to blame them for messing things up and I'm sure Thanos's attack ruined Atlantis or broke down an Atlantis shrine or or something, you know, Namor's gonna be pissed off or Wakanda's vibranium pollutants are gone in the water or something, you know. Um it makes sense to have Namor in there. Um Doctor Doom, maybe, sure. I don't, I, I don't know. That's kind of hard to believe, but I, <coughs> I've been in the camp that Doom's going to show up elsewhere before in the Fantastic Four, so maybe, maybe he is. I don't know, man, because Namor and Doom are like two very heavy hitting villains, right? It doesn't feel right to make them share the screen. I don't know. I mean, I want to see them both. Um, I'm just kind of running in circles. At this point, you know, sure. I don't think it'll probably happen that they're both there, but I want to see them both. I've always liked the idea of I've always liked the idea of both of those being introduced through Wakanda or through a storyline with Black Panther. And I think there's room for both of them. Maybe there's two future Black Panther movies, and and you know, or maybe it's one of these things again where we'll get a snippet of something and a whole lot of something else. You know, maybe an introduction of Namor that moves into something big, or an introduction of Doom that moves into something big. But the other one's the focus. Plus, Namor never wears a shirt. So, there's that, too. I That most people will get excited I've been about. pretty excited about Namor for a long time. I think, for me, what I like about the idea... First of all, I love those characters together because um, they're similar characters that can contrast... So, like, a lot of our MCU heroes are, uh, they're soldiers, or they're spies, or they're vigilantes, but, like, I think there's something compelling about T'Challa and Namor 
and and Doom, like the fact that those three are all kings and they have the weight of sort of what it means to be a monarch and to rule a people and to have to concern about their country and not just other like I think there's an interesting complexity there that when you're uh, a leader of a nation, it kind of complicates how you would act. And so I think that's really cool to put together in a movie. I also like the idea of doing the three of them in a movie because it allows Namor to be more ambiguous. You know, like if we have a a Black Panther 2 where it's Wakanda versus Atlantis, well, the, the fans are going to naturally dislike Atlantis. But if Lant- Atlantis is being used as a pawn by Doom, then it allows Namor to be both an antagonist, but also for you to feel sympathetic to him and like... It allows him to have his righteous indignation and actually be righteous instead of just being a jerk face. And I think all of that is is cool. And it also is kind of fun to see all of those. To me, those are all Fantastic Four characters, right? Black Panther and Doom and Namor, even though Namor was obviously created earlier. And I think that's cool to let that all be together and mixing together. And it, it sets up a very interesting stage for fantastic four like having namor and doom and wakanda all in the same zone allows you to set up all kinds of thread lines for fantastic four to play into i think in a cool way so all right uh let me just do uh i have a little bit more news but we'll do it as sort of rapid fire style uh first of all feige wandavision interview roundup Uh, He confirmed that Deadpool 3 is happening. Ryan Reynolds is working on the script, but he's really busy, so he won't be able to film it until at least 2022, but it will be in the MCU, and it will be R-rated, we've heard again. Uh, Also, he said that the shows on Disney Plus are either going to follow kind of a six one-hour model or a ten half-hour model, uh, and that that's kind of what they're alternating back and forth between uh, for most of the Disney Plus stuff. And then Feige also said that whether or not a Disney Plus show gets a second season is really going to depend on kind of their plans with the character and all that kind of stuff. Um, Anything there you guys wanted to touch on quickly? I'm just so excited that the Deadpool stuff is confirmed. Then it's not just like rumors. Yeah, confirmed by Feige as opposed to confirmed by... Bob Iger, Feige's boss. You know, like, to me, it was cool. Well, Bob Iger never flat out said that, though. I mean, at least Kev says, yes, Deadpool's rated R. Oh, Iger's... Yeah. Bob Iger said... Iger said it would be an R-rated movie. Not Deadpool. He said that they would do R-rated. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm just saying. Like, that Feige confirmation just clears up so much. Out of Feige's mouth, there is Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds is with it, because... I don't know, leave something up to interpretation and people will try to interpret it. Yeah. You know, It will have Ryan Reynolds. It will be rated R. Shut up. <laughs> leave me alone. And it's not happening <laughs> for another year at least, so you can stop asking until this time next year. Yeah. And like Daredevil went asked point blank and he just made his, his faces like he was in a uh, Sony interview. Yeah, that was real interesting when he was asked... If, if Charlie Cox was going to be in Spider-Man 3 and he was just like... I mean, to me, it's it's the closest he comes to confirming How something awkward. he can't. Yeah, yeah, because there was not a no. And he's definitely said no recently. So, Alright, and then the very last bit of news is scheduling stuff. Uh, Morbius was delayed from this March to this October. Uh, count me as someone who did not realize it was coming out this March, so at least that will give me some time to figure out that it exists. And Black Widow, uh, at this point, is now, I think, the first big tentpole to come out because they've pushed back uh, a couple of things, including James Bond again. And so there was some uh, trade rumors this week that Disney Plus is considering doing a all-access release, which we've talked about to death. Even though Disney continues to say they won't so they don't piss off AMC and have the AMC guy release his threatening press release before walking it back two hours later. Uh, so that's the thing. I don't think Black Widow's not going to get delayed again, right? It's either keeping the date or it's keeping its date and going Premier Access. I don't think Black Widow gets delayed again. Yeah. I mean, in the next two weeks, I'm going to have a vaccine. I want to see that movie in a theater. 
my opinion, and it's only my opinion, and it's not particularly an informed opinion, at this point, Disney Plus is the tail that wags the dog. And Disney Plus shows are going to have enough con- uh, continuity with the movies that they cannot wait on the movies any longer. Last year, they were allowed to push them back because they said, eh, our Disney Plus stuff isn't going to be ready until, you know, WandaVision anyway, so we can wait. But now that Delane Black Widow would hurt the golden goose that Disney has put all of their, you know, eggs into as far as Disney Plus and streaming, there is no way they will allow their streaming business to be hurt by a theatrical delay anymore. That's just my my gut on it, so. I mean, look at Warner Brothers, Warner Media. They've gotten most of their problems ironed out. I mean, they got Legendary on board. Um, and they weren't on board before. They got them on board. Um, so if they got them on board, I'm saying it right, it's Legendary, right? I'm out I think so, the Godzilla guys. Um, yeah, Godzilla guys, which also has another new release date for the 20th time. Um, God, I can't wait for that movie. But, you know, if that's the thing, what's, unless ScarJo was promised back in box office payment and she's the one holding it up or something, but if Warner Media can fix, if Warner Media can fix that stuff, Disney can fix that stuff, you know? Someone on Twitter who I believe does not like to be considered a source did explicitly say that the problem with Black Widow is uh her points and ha- and having to negotiate with her people for the points on that film so this isn't going to help my general dislike of scarjo like don't hold it up just just go disney plus it's the one movie on the marvel studios slate that's probably i don't want to say worthy of disney plus it, it just makes sense <laughs> i mean it's it just makes sense to to do it with I mean, from ScarJo's, like, so, okay, let's say that she's supposed to get a certain amount of the theater release, so they go ahead and release it theatrically. Like, they can't expect, Disney can't hold on to it forever. Go ahead and release it theatrically. Get those points or whatever from the areas where theaters are open. Or ScarJo's people need to make a deal where she gets whatever compensation that would make up for this change. That's the major problem that she's going to have, if this is all true. And we are all talking speculation here. But if it really is a contract dispute with her about her back end, uh, not that kind of back end. But you know what I mean? Like the kind of money that she's making on the on the back side of the film. Um, it's, she's going to shoot herself in the foot. Because if she pushes that really hard, eventually Disney goes, fine. We're going to New Mutants it. We'll drop it. In an environment where only 10% of American theaters are open, it'll make $14 million. You'll make your half of a percent on that amount of money. And then we'll put it on Disney Plus three weeks later. You know, like, at some point, you got to be careful trying to push for that. Because, it's you know, like, Disney has to get it out at some point. At some point, it's got to be a valuable asset to them and not just sitting on a shelf collecting interest. I mean, on the other hand, I still, I mean, I still stick to what I said a year ago of whatever that first movie is when theaters are very safely opened nationwide, it's going to make bank. Delayed till 2028. Can't wait. Uh, The look at the, uh, I mean, they've already spent a fortune on marketing it, but look at what they did with WandaVision, right? They gave WandaVision kind of a glorified streaming release. They didn't pull a Netflix and release the trailer a week beforehand and say, here, watch it if you want, you know, but they didn't have a full out theatrical plan for WandaVision. And it feels like more news came out of that WandaVision junket more than ever before, maybe because it's been the delays and, and no continent stuff. But I mean, Disney didn't have to pay to fly press to a junket for a screener. You know, they sent screeners out. And nothing leaked from the screeners. So this this transitions into WandaVision. And I think it's really interesting to talk about for just a second. Like, the way that they did this to me was brilliant. They know that Kevin Feige is instant clicks. Anytime that he makes himself available and answers Mm -hmm. MCU questions, whether it's from Frosty at Collider or whoever, like, they know that that's going to open up. 
I think because they didn't have to fly people and it did cost them nothing, they opened up to smaller outlets that have big fan interests, but not so much like broad, right? So like, as we love Charles Murphy and we're not fussing, I'm not like picking on him. He doesn't have the reach of like a deadline, but he was part of that press junket and that's brilliant because they tapped into the hardcore excited people via an outlet like Charles and then those people get excited and they tweet out and then that starts like a brush fire through Twitter of information. Right. It, and it feels like it's been, right. yeah, and it's been brilliant. Like it costs them nothing to let a few guys like Charles in and it improves the quality of the questions in my opinion versus like, Hey Paul, tell me what it was like to put on robot makeup. You know, like I don't need to see another stiff from the AP ask a question. And so I just felt like the whole rollout was really, really smart on Disney Plus's part. Could that be why Kevin didn't seem prepared for the Charlie Cox questions? Because I refuse to believe that he did not expect those questions and have an answer ready. But it seems like, I mean, maybe there were questions that were a little bit deeper than he normally expected. I've noticed him starting to, he's, he's, I don't think, maybe it's the beard. (laughs) <laughs> but he's opening up a little bit more. I mean, between the investor day dump and just what we've seen of him the past few times in interviews and publicly, it just seems like he's willing to offer more stuff up. I get, and I, I assume, you know, I took his non answer as a total answer um, just because it was so damn awkward. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But normally his non-answers, he has something prepared that's a non-answer. You know, just a Charlie was a fantastic actor and we would, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, but I just wonder, like, from what Caleb is saying, like a lot of smaller outlets that could put more thought into their questions. I wonder if it got Kevin a little bit off of his game. Surely Feige knows that that rumor's out there. Yeah. Like, I feel like he reads... he, he reads enough to, like, know what's going on. Yeah. When? I have no idea. How does that man have any time to read anything? <laughs> for, for real. He's working on a Star Wars movie. He's producing 11 TV shows yeah. and 14 movies. I mean, even He's if his only job is years. to read the latest script of everything that's getting made and not even provide feedback, I don't know how he has the time to do what he does. While also technically being creative head of the comics, yeah. right? Like, or whatever. Yeah. All right. So let's get into WandaVision. There's lots of news, but obviously the biggest news, we've got new stuff. Uh, WandaVision's episode one and two has come out. Uh, let's just start generically. Did you guys enjoy it? Yes. Adam, did you? I was, I'll say I was whelmed. I enjoyed it. I was <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I was whelmed. Mm. Is that specifically a 10 Things I Hate About You reference, or is that your own? No, I'm just... I I wasn't underwhelmed, and I wasn't, like, overwhelmed with excitement. Maybe it's, you know, it's part writing about it for two years straight, too. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I was hyped with when the fanfare came on, and I enjoyed it. To answer your question, yes, I enjoyed one. Uh, so I absolutely, like, I loved it. I am so, this is one of my favorite Marvel things. Like, I just think it's really clever and it's perfectly put together. The thing that most struck me was, like, it was a legitimately funny show. Like, the whole, like, mixed up, goofy deal where he starts singing Wackety Whack to, like, get um, to get Mrs. Foreman's attention, you know, in the uh, living room, like... That whole thing, I was legitimately laughing like I would at a good sitcom. And I think that's the part that surprised me. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a fun send-up, and you'd be like, oh, that's cute. But I didn't expect Bettany and um, Olsen to legitimately have, like, comedic sitcom chops. They could put either of them in, like, a legit sitcom, and I would enjoy watching it. I was surprised how well that they actually, you know, did the humor part of everything. So, have you not seen A Knight's Tale? It's been a really long time. Wow, we've just referenced two old Heath Ledger movies in, like, three (laughs) minutes there. But, no, 
I uh, I don't remember it. I saw it a long time. I mean, ago. because that is the only other thing I think of with Bettany, and he is hilarious in it. And especially like when he came. Are, are we doing full spoiler or no? Well, I mean, yes, yeah. If you're listening now and you don't want anything spoiled, stop listening. What are you doing? Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so so especially when he came out on stage during the talent show, and sorry, I was like, oh, it's Bethany from A Night's Tale. It's Yuri, <laughs> you know, like um riffing with a speech and being hilarious and then trusting at the same time like i everybody that's talking about they didn't know bettany had had comedic chops i knew they were there like and and he did great like he just thrives in that type of situation well and i think it's interesting for mcu fans because we just had it's been so the opposite you know because he was a computer program like, he stayed very firmly in a very sort of non-emotional kind of lane for so much of the MCU that it was fun to see him kind of just be able to ham it up. I mean, I would think that would be freeing after being, like, this robot character for a decade and a half. Yeah, and I think, I mean, and I've I've definitely talked to people that normally watch MCU stuff, and they're like, eh, I just, you know, I don't really care about Vision. Like, who cares about Vision? And and it's, I've already been able to say... I think you'll care about Vision a little bit more. Like, it's very literally, they very literally humanize him in this. It's, I mean, the one thing that was immediately apparent is even not considering the length, if we're getting nine half-hour episodes, yeah, it's still the longest Marvel thing, but the format itself totally upends the, the typical storytelling, right? It gives us a whole new form of Marvel storytelling and they just totally ran with it and I think Caleb you're the one that said that the first half of the season or whatever is just going to be full-on sitcom episodes and I don't know why I didn't expect that I think I expected like that interlaced with actual real world stuff but they went full-on uh sitcom until the end there and it was very interesting the I think my biggest critique of what we've seen so far is they wanted to be mysterious, but I don't feel like they gave us enough mystery to really chat about, at least as of yet. You know, I mean, we're talking about it because it's the premiere and the premiere and whatnot. But I think it was a big mistake to put the beekeeper in the in the trailer. I think that would have been more like what the heck kind of moment if we hadn't have been watching it for the last two weeks on trailers. They, uh, I mean, they, but and then they change all sorts of stuff. Like the beekeeper has all sorts of bees. Why were the bees taken out of the trailer? And then the heart dinner. I think that's in an entirely different set, unless that changes um, later on. But now it appears that they're in the color sitcoms. So. I did enjoy, like, the moments of weirdness, though. Like, when he started to choke, there was sort of, like, a David Lynch kind of thing of, like, a man choking, and then the other, like, and, um, and again, Mrs. Hart. I'm sorry. I keep wanting to call her Mrs. Foreman, because that's just who she is in my mind. Um, but, you know, like, when she was like, stop it, Wanda. Stop. Like, there was just, I love that unsettling moment where this goes from, like, the saccharine 50s sitcom to something that's kind of scary. I just, I hope they lean into that so hard because I enjoyed those moments a lot. I love you bring up Lynch because I totally got Twin Peaks vibes from Westview. You know, it's just, for me, I mean, and that's, damn it, it proves your points about rated R stuff or whatever. It's, I mean, it's very, I got super unsettling vibes from, uh, the PG-rated show. Yeah. Right? That's what it is. Yeah. Um, like, the bees creeped me right out. Like, why the, what, what the hell are the bees? And then the no, and then the reversal of time or reality. And the choking thing where Deborah Joe Ruff was just laughing and stuff. It's just bizarre. The amount of control she has over it is a little concerning. Like, she saw the beekeeper and you think she'd be scared. And she just calmly says no. And you're like, 
oh gosh, like she's in control of this whole freaking thing. Like right. she's losing her mind. Was that ever in doubt? I mean, like I went into all of this thinking Wanda was in control of it. Is that just from like all of our speculation over the past two years or is that? I think the show wanted you to feel like she was being manipulated though, right? Because in the radio, the guy's like, Wanda, who's doing this to you? Who's making you do this, right? Yeah. So I think, well, yeah, Wanda's in control, but the beekeeper is someone who can make Wanda not in control. I mean, like, I feel like Wanda's in control, but manipulated. Yes. Like, but this is totally a figment. Like, we're in her dream world. And maybe somebody's manipulating her dreams. And because she's Wanda, her dreams are controlling something outside of this world. I'm just going to sit back and go with it. Whatever's happening is happening. I saw, so I watched some good, like, Easter egg videos. There is, I think, an argument that someone is incepting ideas into Wanda's mind. Because there's, like, five or six hints at having a baby throughout the first two episodes. And then all of a sudden she's pregnant. And it's like, was that her idea? Mm -hmm. Or did, like, even the Mm -hmm. ads on the back of the newspaper that Vision is reading are, like, ads about how great it is to be a mom or, like, articles about, like parenting and it sort of suggests that maybe somebody is trying to put these things into her head and she's she thinks she's making it happen but she's really been given fed the ideas by agnes and others for the children for the children see and that's why i create my head canon and then i uh i mean at this point i'll be disappointed if mephisto's not in it you know either mephisto or or totally nightmare I, to me it seems like she i mean she made the deal with the devil to get vision back and to uh she has to give up the kids or something you know just like the comics or or the nightmare part but and there were tons of it's devil references be... yeah there were tons of devil references yeah particularly the one with Catherine hahn Devils in the details. Oh, he's a lot in more, more places than that. Right. You know, that like, was so that on the nose. was real strong. I was like, well, there we go. That's more than, it just seems more than the reference. Uh, well, also, you, we mentioned beekeeper. Adam, is it possible those aren't bees around him, but they're flies? So that's what I was thinking. I mean, the first thing I thought, I'm like, oh, Candyman. What the hell? What the hell is Candyman doing? In? <laughs> you, you know, but... I don't know. I thought I saw like glimmers of yellow or something. Um, but I don't know. I was just so mystified at how weird it, uh, weird it was. I don't I I need to go back and look. Did he still have the sword logo on his thing crawling out? He did. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, one suggestion I've seen is like he literally descends from hell. Like he comes up out of the ground and maybe has flies to be like Mephisto, Lord of the Flies kind of thing. Right. But then the other side is there's like hexagons that they've entered into the show. Like every episode ends with like a hexagon frame coming mm-hmm. around Wanda and Vision. Which is, we know from Ant-Man and the Wasp, hexagons are the way they build uh, beehives. And so like that could be like a bee reference. So I'm not sure which way to go with the beekeeper. And watch out! It's it's all it's all drawing up to aim and Modoc. There's so much details in this stuff. It's insane. I just noticed this morning on Twitter. Somebody noticed. Did you know the sixes are taken out of all the clocks? Which to me is more of a Mephisto thing too. I did not know. Like that. every clock on the show, the six is missing on the clock face. Hmm. See, there's just so many of those details. The only one I caught watching through right away was the Grim Reaper. Um, oh, his mask and the yeah. like animation or whatever. Oh, and her brooch or whatever you call it, medallion or whatever. But that we knew that beforehand from the because they didn't Photoshop that out of the trailers either. Who's Ralph? Ralph's an ass. Is Ralph is Ralph like <laughs> Mephisto or and Agnes is being controlled by Ralph or? Yeah, or it's just like a, a throw up to sitcoms. Because that's like a thing some sitcoms had. was like a, a character who had a spouse that you never saw. That's true. Yeah. But I can't, I can't get over it. We talk about PG, but there's no way they go to hell and introduce the devil on a PG Disney plush. That maybe they do. I don't, hell, I don't know, man. 
I mean, Hades is in Hercules, right? Uh, yeah, Hades, yeah. It's really interesting to me because, and this is just my opinion on the subject, but I think you can do devil characters really scary without going like the CGI hellfire horns demon perspective. I remember years ago there was like a, there was a Jesus tele movie thing that they did. And for the temptation scenes, their choice was to make like everybody in the thing is like in Bible time, like clothes and robes and stuff. But the devil in that show, he's got like a Italian cut pinstripe suit and like slick back hair. He looks like, um, Lucifer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, or a a certain, um, politician's son, but like, you know, like he had totally that look. And I remember that creeping me out way more than if they'd like painted the guy red, you know, like, cause it was not, this is some extra dimensional demon. It's no, this is somebody who is sly enough and clever enough to make himself look attractive and interesting to you. And so if all of a sudden somebody showed up in Westview that just totally looked like a slick businessman who had this offer, like almost a Max- Maxwell Lord type from Wonder Woman 84, like that to me could work in this show in a way that would be immensely creepy. Yeah. Or have him pop up in color when everyone else was black and white or something. I uh, noticed that, uh, who said that? Was it Matt Shackman? Shakeman? I don't know how to say his name. Um, someone worked on Pleasantville with the movie. And oh, yeah. episode two certainly had Pleasantville vibes. Looking bigger picture, one of the things that really struck me about this episode, these two episodes, was Disney got real. I think Disney and Marvel got lucky that this is the first one out. Because it was not the plan. Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first Disney Plus show. And I feel like, and I don't know, when we see it, maybe we won't feel this way. If Falcon and Winter Soldier had been the first one, it could have felt a little more cynical. Like, this is like the quibbyification of of the MCU. It's just a Marvel movie, but cut up into six pieces. Uh, I just think you could have had a much more cynical response to whether or not it needed to be a TV show versus a movie. Whereas this project is totally a TV show. Everything about WandaVision only works as a television show. And so as the first Disney Plus show, I think it makes a much better case for the artistic necessity of doing this on Disney Plus versus doing it in a movie. Does that make sense? No, I agree fully. Because come March, we're going right back to that uh, blockbustery temple goodness. I don't know, man. I think they knew what they're doing. I think if Falcon and the Winter Soldier had been the first one out, there's going to be something about it that we'll see and we'll be like, oh, they really did manage to make this feel like it needs to be a long format, blah, 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 instead of Quibia movies type situation. I did get a kick out of all the articles that were reviewing WandaVision that said, the MCU is back and they've taken their biggest swing ever. What a bold step to kick off their new era with a show like this. And you just have to remember, like, this, they didn't want to kick off the new era with a show like this. This was supposed to be the fourth thing that came out in this phase. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to criticize them for that. I just think it all fell in place really well. That they look much more like uh, auteur geniuses doing this now when in reality it was just COVID and scheduling that made this the first thing in phase four. Yeah. This would have been filler had it been normal or it would have felt like filler. And then we would have all watched it and would have been like, Oh, this is so refreshing after all of the tentpole type stuff. Right. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts, theories, anything else you want to uh, discuss as we wrap this one up? I don't know. I, I've just enjoyed it. And I don't enjoy those type of sitcoms. Like, I'm I'm not a fan of these, like, sitcoms that, like, prey on uh, awkward situations and miscommunications and stuff. But so I kind of enjoy them mocking them and, and getting it played out. So I am enjoying it and look forward to more. Yeah, I, I told you guys in our uh, chat online that I've been rewatching old sitcoms with our daughter because she won't get the references unless we like show her the sitcoms that this is like uh, spoofing. And so we've watched 
I Love Lucy and Bewitched and Dick Van Dyke Show and The Brady Bunch and Growing Pains in the last like week. And one of the things I was really impressed with is that episode one is very clearly a 50s I Love Lucy episode. And episode two is very clearly a 60s sort of Bewitched episode. And if I hadn't have watched those shows to see the minute like differences in the way they use the camera and the way that characters dress and kind of the way that the even women respond to their husbands in those shows, I wouldn't, these two would have kind of blended together as the same style. But having seen those, I can see that these two episodes of WandaVision are distinctly different decades is in how they do stuff, which I think it's like a very Kevin Feige and crew pay a lot of attention to differentiate what does a bewitched episode feel like versus an I love Lucy episode. And they really did shade these so that they're distinct in that way. Yep. And as somebody currently designing a kitchen renovation, it was so nice to see so much of the kitchen. (laughs) It's like, Oh, ideas. All right. uh, That'll about wrap us up for this week. Let me say this. We do plan on podcasting, you know, weekly as long as we can as much as we can because we love the show and it's content we're excited uh please like tweet at us tweeting is probably the best uh leaving comments on the website works too uh marvelnewsdesk.com we'd love to hear like your theories and your ideas the fun of it is you can post them this week and then when we do the pod next week we can see if you are right or wrong and so i think it's really fun that this is a weekly format because it's going to allow the whole internet to have like a clue investigation detective work kind of thing and so we'd love for you guys who listen to us give us your thoughts give us your theories what do you think's going on what did we miss what was a detail that caught your eye we'd love to have that conversation kind of week to week so yeah now that we're back uh weekly casper mattress hit us up thank you or blue apron really? No, I'm saying I'm like addressing oh. Casper oh, Mattress. Oh, Please <laughs> hit us up, Casper Mattresses. Or any of so, the meal kit delivery services. You know, if any of them want to sponsor us. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. We appreciate it. Thanks to Tim for the logo. Thanks to Alvin for the theme music. Uh, you can find us at marvelnewsdesk.com, uh, on Twitter at marvelnewsdesk, patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk. We are doing these live for $5 and above, so you can talk to us on this. I don't think we had anybody do that today, but that's a possibility for you. We'll also post the video ahead of time, unedited for you, uh, on Patreon, uh, Patreon, and then the real podcast will come out sometime Sunday. So, uh, everybody have a good week. We'll see ya.